Good morning. I hope that y'all are having a great day and that uh, you're seeing God do some great things in your life. And uh, well, it's an exciting day, first of all, because we're alive and it's better to be alive than, uh, as Mike said this morning in Sunday school, it's better to be watched than viewed. And uh, (laughs) we're thankful for another day of life and breath and health. And we're thankful that God is uh, still on the throne, still on in control and you know, is in charge of everything that's happening in our lives. So, uh, at any rate, so we're glad that you can join in with us today. And uh, I hope that you've had a great week. I know that I have. God has been good to me. And uh, I'm sure you can say the same thing, that God has been good to you as well. And um, so let me just say uh, good morning once again. Good Sunday morning to you. And uh, let me just encourage you right now, as you are coming on live and uh, as you're getting all th- everything set up, and as Becca said, getting your cup of coffee ready, uh, as you're doing all these things, let me just encourage you to uh, hit the share button as as uh, as you're watching, and hit the like button so you'll know every time we come on. And but also just because the the message of the Word of God is just so important that we want as many people to see it as possible. And uh, these are some interesting days that we're living in. And so uh, let's get the word out. Let's use the circumstances that God has allowed us to go through and the things that we're experiencing right now like never before to get the word of God out. And uh, so hit that share button. Get other people uh, on online as uh, fast as possible, as many as possible. And uh, just know that you are missed and loved. I'm, I'm telling you, I miss seeing everybody. Uh, this, this week we did a couple FaceTimes. Jim Dinkins, I'm sorry I missed your FaceTime. I was on another line and another line. And I didn't get back to you. I'm sorry about that. I missed the FaceTime call. I miss seeing you, Jim, and uh, others who've uh, FaceTimed me from time to time. Hans, I just want to say thank you for putting uh, some messages together. And uh, for our men on Thursday nights, I really appreciate that, Hans, and the time that you've invested in putting together some of those. Really appreciate praying for you and your family. And um, uh, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm thankful for each and every one of you. Uh, yeah. Uh, I have a Compass Care coffee mug. I was, you know, thinking of all that God's been doing through Compass Care to have uh, such an incredible goal this year and for God to have reached it. And uh, so, yeah, you know, Jim Harden gave me this coffee cup here a couple months ago. It's just kind of a little bit of Compass Care swag. And so uh, <laughs> we're thankful. It's a reminder to pray for Compass Care. And Becca, thank you for all that you've done to encourage our people to give to that and to support life and to um, really as much as possible. You know, the one thing I love about Compass Care, uh, and maybe other ministries do something similar, but I know that Jim has a scoreboard. And that scoreboard is just the opportunity to give God praise for what he is doing in and through that ministry. Lives saved and, uh, you know, women turning their lives over to Jesus Christ, and it's just a wonderful thing. can't say enough good about that. So thank you, Becca. Thank you, Jim Harden, for all that you've done to to, to encourage people to um, get behind what God is doing through Compass Care. Uh, let me just say also, um, this week it's been, and maybe you've experienced it too throughout the last uh, few weeks, um, you know, without being able to get out as much and, you know, our government and the powers that be encouraging us to stay in and to, you know, not be out and about as much. One of the things I've been able to do more of is read God's Word. And uh, I signed up on Version, a couple different uh, reading plans, and I've been working my way through them. So in the morning, I'm, you know, my Version pops up and I'm reading through some of the text for that day. And usually it's four or five different readings a day to get through the Bible in a year. I'm doing that one and a couple other uh, topics that I've chosen uh, it's a great opportunity, but I'm just telling you, it, it it's a great opportunity to get in God's Word not more now than ever before, maybe, for some of you. And uh, then also the other thing I've been doing is listening to a lot of sermons online, being challenged by some great preaching uh, through the Word of God. And uh, because of that, I'm excited about some new sermon series ideas that I've been thinking through in my mind. I've got about four or five messages left in First Tim- or Second Timothy, and then I'll be going into a new area. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that, but I'm really excited for this summer. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, with the way things unfold, that we'll be able to get back to doing some hands-on, some face-to-face ministry. And uh, God's really 
pumping me up about some areas to get the Word of God out. I want to do really some big gospel-saturated ministry, some mission-minded ministry, and uh, I'm hoping that God will open up the doors for that very soon. But um, at any rate, we're all in this together, and I just want you to know that you're loved and you're missed, and we're, we're praying for you. And i got some exciting things coming up here in the next week that you don't know about yet that I'll be sharing with you later. Actually, you won't, I won't have to share them because you'll see them. Let me just leave it at that. You'll see what I'm talking about. And uh, only my wife and one other person knows about it. So, uh, um, yeah, just, just keep an eye out. You'll notice something coming up here in the next week. So, now i got you thinking about that rather than what's coming up this morning. That's okay, too. So, we're, we are, we're glad that you're with us. We're glad that you're... Um, able to be involved with what's happening here at Harvest Bible Fellowship. And so um, what we're going to do this morning, in just a moment, I do want to pray and ask God's blessing on uh, not just Harvest, but several areas of ministry. And then uh, I'm going to introduce to you for a few moments this morning, Jim Mates. He's our assistant pastor for those of you that are not part of the Harvest uh, Bible Fellowship Church family. Uh, I know we have a lot of friends from Indiana and Mississippi and uh, South Carolina and Minnesota. So um, Jim's going to be sharing for a little bit this morning, and then I'm going to come back and introduce uh, part one of a two-part message that I'll be uh, continuing a little bit later. Um, But just for a moment, let's just pray and ask God's blessing on the service this morning. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the opportunity, uh, Lord, even through these unusual circumstances, Lord, to be able to come before you to... Lord, look at your word, to proclaim your word, to seek your face. And I thank you, God, that you are not hindered by four walls. You're not hindered by um, our incapability, but Lord, you work despite us and through us, Lord. And we're so thankful for that. And God, I pray that around the world and around the United States and around our towns and around our cities, Lord, that you would just show yourself strong this day. Lord, I already know that throughout the last hours, many churches around the world have already begun to meet. Uh, They've already begun to proclaim your word. Some of them have already completed their day's message. But other churches are yet to start. Some will start in the hours upcoming. But Lord, I pray that wherever the Word of God is open this day, Lord, would your Holy Spirit go before us, go with us, come behind us. Lord, would it enlighten our minds and our hearts, Lord, to understand and to comprehend everything, Lord, that you have for us from your Word this day. I ask God that your Holy Spirit would work in our hearts to draw us closer to you. Lord, I do pray that you would... Lord, bring encouragement where encouragement is needed this morning. And Lord, bring conviction where conviction is needed through your word. We ask God that, Lord, in all these unusual circumstances that we're facing, uh, Lord, some are going through some financial struggles. Others are going through some emotional struggles. Others are going through physical struggles. And Lord, I pray that whatever the struggle is that many are facing this day, Lord, might they find their hope, their security, Uh, Lord, their trust in you. And Lord, might they so sense your presence, Lord, that they have the confidence and the hope, Lord, that you are working in and through every circumstance that you've allowed in our life, Lord. So Lord, we ask that you would meet with us this day. Uh, Lord, whether it's uh, in our homes, Lord, and uh, other people, uh, Lord, wherever they may be, we ask God that you would just speak to hearts this day. And Lord, may your will be accomplished and not our own. So, Lord, I pray that you be with Pastor Jim as he, as he shares in just a moment. Encourage him and use his word to encourage your people. And I pray that you would be glorified through all that is said and done. For it's in Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. Well, I'm going to ask Pastor Jim to come at this time. And he is going to be sharing from God's word. And then as he completes, I'll be coming back on to look at 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. So uh, I'm excited about it. So Pastor Jim, if you'd come at this time. Okay, thank you, Pastor Ken. And uh, uh, it's just so nice to be here with you, even though it's electronic and not in, in actually in person. Uh, uh, Pastor Mike and myself and Pastor Ken have been 
uh, doing our best to try to keep in touch one way or another. And uh, we uh, haven't been able to get to everybody, but uh, we, we certainly hope that uh, uh, your presence is with us is felt. And uh, uh, we, we just uh, thank you for the fellowship that we can have together, uh, th even throughout a, a situation like this. Um, just wanted to, to give a shout out to all of you, a, a greeting, uh, and um, boy, it's been a long haul, hasn't it? Um, uh, emotions, after a while, begin to surface. I don't, I don't know if you've noticed that. Um, emotions such as frustration, nervousness, boredom. How about boredom? Do you had your shot at, at being bored through all of this? And uh, it's, a, it's a challenge to, to stay busy and, and to keep active and, and to keep in touch. But um, boredom is certainly a big uh, factor here. Monotony. And even fear and worry come into the picture. Um, fear and worry, uh, fear of the unknown um, is certainly big in, uh, some, in, in, in a situation like this with this pandemic. And... Um, but uh, but worry tags right along with it. There's not a lot of, that we can do about these two emotions. Uh, but if fear and worry creep in, they can wreck our peace. That's the problem. And um, Isaiah chapter 9 tells us that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So that tells us that if we want to keep our peace, we keep our focus on him. And... Um, uh, so let's check scripture about these two emotions, uh, fear and worry, and see what scripture has to say and, and uh, perhaps uh, shore up our, our understanding and knowledge in these areas, especially in times like this when uh, uh, everything is just not normal. Um, very familiar verse of scripture to most Christians is Isaiah 41.10. And that's a good place to start this morning. Uh, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You know, we can claim these verses, and there's going to be many more here uh, in a moment, but, uh, uh, and I hope you'll, you'll camp out on them a little bit. But, you know, unbelievers don't have the, the, the privilege that we have of coming to your word and, and uh, absorbing what you have to, to say to us and, and having it mean what it means to us. Um, in Oklahoma City this morning, the, uh, the mayor uh, declared uh, to, to all the citizens that they were to wear masks today, and they rebelled. Almost the whole city rebelled. They had a, almost a riot on their hands. And, he, and, the, and the mayor had to back away. So um, uh, praise God we have uh, peace in our midst and, uh, and that we can uh, trust in you. You will strengthen us. You will help us. You will uphold us with your righteous right hand. Um, another passage of scripture that is probably very familiar to you that I'd like to share with you also that, uh, that, that might encourage you in this area of, of fear, worry, and uh, any other emotions that, that might tie in with it. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 27 tell us, Therefore I say to you, Jesus says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and body more than clothing? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Uh, the battle belongs to, to the Lord. Amen, church? Amen. And, um, you know, worry 
is uh, worry is so, is something that um, is akin to to rocking in a rocking chair. When you rock in a rocking chair, it gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. No. So um, uh, that's kind of something to keep in mind as the as the day goes on and the next few days goes on go on. If if you think of it, uh, just think of that rocking chair that. Uh, is, is just, uh, talk about boredom. Uh, that, uh, that certainly falls in that ca- category. But um, uh, we don't want to be caught up in, uh, in the monotony of that. Now, something else uh, that I think that was encouraging to me as I studied this week uh, is what David and his men, the problem David and his men got into with the Philistines uh, in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 23. So I'd like to read this passage, this short passage to you. And uh, uh, it's uh, always been encouragement to me to, to see how David responded and, and actually his men as well. And first, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 23, verses 1 through 5. Then they told David saying, Look, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah, and they are robbing the threshing floors. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines and save Keilah. So David has his, rock, his, um, uh, his marching orders now. And... Um, In verse 3, it says, But David's men said to him, Look, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more then if we go to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? They're telling David, We're afraid here because of this threat uh, on behalf of the Philistines that is being mounted against them. And he says, How much more if if we uh, uh, engage this, uh, this mighty force that's against us? So that gave David pause, and he, he wasn't certain if, if uh, God really wanted them to go ahead with this and, and save the city or not. So it's, uh, verse 4 says, Then David inquired of the Lord once again, and the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Keilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. Same question, same answer. And David, verse 5, and David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines, struck them with a mighty blow, and took away their livestock. So David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. But notice, in order to accomplish this, they had to set aside their fear and their worries. They had to set those emotions aside in order to actually obey the Lord. Uh, otherwise, they might have been inclined to just turn and run and... and, and uh, and not to take care of uh, the threat that was uh, against them here. Um, you're all, we're all familiar with Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not to your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And he direct, directed David's path, in this case, uh, just by obeying the Lord in, in this problem. Um, the 23rd Psalm comes to mind uh, with, with all of this and uh, it says there yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil so there's the fear uh, being mentioned there I will fear no evil thy rod and thy staff they comfort me And uh, one of my favorite psalms is uh, Psalm 27. And Psalm 27 says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Great question. Amen? Amen. Whom shall I fear? He is is, uh, my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? Absolutely no one. If we're going to walk with integrity and, and, uh, and tr- trusting the Lord, uh, we never want to be found in a position where we're not trusting God. And Amen. it's so easy to not trust him if emotions like fear and worry come into the picture. 
Um, now, the Apostle Paul uh, tells us something very pertinent and very important here. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, he says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Um, I want to back up a little bit into this verse and uh, talk about a couple of things here. He says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. You know, we have a lot of verses in the Bible that tell us about prayer. But there are a couple of spots where this word supplication comes in. And uh, I don't know about you, but I get a little lazy once in a while, and uh, I don't necessarily look up words that, uh, unless it, it, they really trip my trigger a little bit. And, um, so, and this is one of those words, supplication. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer. Now, we know what prayer is. And, but he says, and supplication. Supplicate, prayer is our nor- normal, everyday uh, petitioning of the Lord. For, for things that may not be tremendously uh, um, bothersome to us, but nonetheless we pray and, and uh, uh, keep short accounts that way with God. But supplication, what is that? That word supplication means down on your knees, petitioning the Lord, begging him for whatever it is that you need. And... Um, uh, and that's a little different uh, uh, slant than just simply uh, prayer itself, the word prayer itself. So I thought I'd pass that along to you. And the peace of God, he says, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, um, we're to walk by faith and not by sight, Scripture tells us. And um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 shows us that worry ends when faith begins, where faith begins. If we attempt to do something that's not, and we're not doing it in faith, we're not going to have the success that we will if, we have, uh, if we're faith being faithful to God and faithful to uh, our commitment to him and to whatever the situation is at hand that might be plaguing us. So... Second uh, Corinthians five seven is a good verse to remember, and that shows us that where worry ends, faith begins. Yeah. All right. Well, just uh, wanted to share those few thoughts with you this morning. And uh, again, it's so nice to be here. And and uh, the circumstances are obviously a little different, but uh, uh, I I know that Pastor Mike and Pastor Ken and myself we've had opportunities along the way to contact some of you. Uh, I apologize if we haven't been able to, to get to all of you on the phone and uh, to encourage you and to have some conversation, one-on-one conversation, but we'll, we'll try to keep going with it and, uh, and have the uh, opportunity to, uh, to share back and forth. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, uh, Pastor Jim. I know that uh, you've had several comments here in the last few minutes. Uh, People uh, encouraged by what you shared with them. Uh, Mrs. Dinkins was just coming. They were just thinking about those same verses this morning that you shared. So it's amazing how God does work and how God shows us, you know, those things that he wants for us and uh, confirms it through other people sharing the same things. And uh, this morning, as I said, getting started, I'm only going to hit just a little bit of what, what's on my heart uh, this morning, uh, because I really want to hit the next text of Scripture a lot more fuller next week. And so this morning, I just want to, just for a few moments, talk about fulfilling ministry. Um, and it's kind of crazy. I switched... Uh, versions of PowerPoint and I lost my notes just slightly what well, no I mean not not fully I have some notes just not all of them and so uh that's okay I'm not I'm not I'm not afraid well maybe I am a little bit but not too much so anyway I want to talk about fulfilling our ministry and as we come into uh, 
Second uh, Timothy chapter four. It is a really interesting thing to consider that that the bottom line is God gave us, or as Paul was working through um, his, I guess you could say his final days in jail, he is really with a sense of urgency speaking to Timothy. And as we've said all along, as we've been going through this, he has been mentoring him, he has been discipling him, he has been coaching him, so to speak. I think it's safe to say that Paul was Timothy's biggest cheerleader. He was his biggest encourager as far as doing what was right in ministry and how to do ministry. And uh, as we come into this last chapter of 2 Timothy chapter 4, there are some really powerful things and some incredible things that I think we need to look at. But first of all, in verse 1 it says, I solemnly charge you before God and Christ Jesus, who is going to judge the living and the dead, and because of His appearing and in His kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season, rebuke, correct, and encourage uh, with great patience and teaching, for the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. They will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn aside to miss, but as for you, exercise self-control in everything. Endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. And as we look at just this first verse this morning, it's not going to be a long message, but it's the first part of this message, fulfill your ministry. He says, I solemnly charge you. Boy, this is an interesting thing to consider when he says, I solemnly. It's almost a, uh, as we say, I have three thoughts here that we can see here. Uh, and that's really just the, the bottom line is, it's in a final appeal. It is, it is something that, that we need to really look at from, from the beginning here is that he, he's taking it serious here. It, it is an opportunity to really, Timothy, with everything with, that is within me, I'm, I'm appealing to you. To, 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 to take this serious as, as if I haven't told you ten other times. I want you to understand the urgency. This is an awesome task. It's, it has to do with a thorough testimony. I don't want you to leave anything out because in, the, in this, uh, it's almost as if they're in a courtroom. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you God. And he's saying, this is a legal term. It is an authoritative term that says, I want you to take this as serious as you know how to take it, Timothy. Your testimony needs to be thorough, just like a court case testimony would need to be thorough. In other words, don't leave anything out. It's a solemn charge. It's an awesome task. It's a final appeal, if you will. And uh, we see this word used in numerous places in Scripture. And you say, well, Pastor Ken, why are you going to show us all these areas where this text is used in Scripture? Because I really do believe it's an important, important uh, task. And uh, let me see if I can get this just a little bit larger for you uh, in, just for, in just a moment uh, where it fills the whole screen for you. Um, I'm not sure if I can, but we're going to try. There we go. So, Luke chapter 16, verse 27, if you would take your Bibles and turn there, uh, you're going to see in these several passages here, uh, the, the, the urgency or the sense of importance as he goes through this. And this is the same word used in numerous places throughout the New Testament. So, in Luke chapter 16, uh, if you would look at me at verses 27 and 28, and you know the story here. Uh, he starts off in verse 19 about the rich man and Lazarus. But as he comes down to verse 27, listen to what he says. Father, he said, then I beg you to send him to my father's house. Because I have five brothers to warn them so they won't also come to this place of torment. Can you imagine just for a moment being in this place of torment and with every sense of urgency within you, please send somebody there so that they don't have to experience the torment that I'm going through. And of course, we know that that can't happen. 
But there was a sense of urgency to get the word out, to get the message out that, hey, this is really, really important that this message go out. And this is the same urgency that Paul is, is commending Timothy to implement in his ministry is that he would go with urgency and awesomeness and thoroughness to relay the message of the gospel. Continue on in the Bible to over to the book of Acts in chapter 2. And you can see throughout this uh, New Testament, this word is used over and over again that, to, to give this sense of urgency and importance. In uh, Acts chapter 2 and verse 40, he says this, With many other words, he testified and strongly urged him. It wasn't just a passive, well, hey, you know, guys, this would be a great thing if you want to do it. If you don't, hey, I understand. It was a strong urgency that this message should go forth, that this message should be given. In Acts chapter 8, we see another uh, use of this word in Acts chapter 8 and verse 25. So after they had testified, and remember how we said this word that is that is translated um, boldly and urgently and with uh, thoroughness. It's a legal term. And so you see that here once again in verse 25. So after they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they traveled back to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many villages of Samaritans. So they had testified. They had given a thorough account. They had given a thorough testimony of who God was. And so after they had testified and spoken the word... So you see oftentimes that there is a correlation between speaking the Word of God and giving the Gospel of Jesus Christ with a sense of urgency and strength and thoroughness because it is a legal term that should cause us to use the sense of urgency. In Acts chapter 10, we see this again and beginning with verse 42, he says this, He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. And all the prophets testify about him through his name. Everyone who believes in his believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. Why? Because the message is just so important that it has to go out with urgency. They had to testify of who Jesus Christ was and what he was able to do. And in this particular passage, as they would testify with, with, a, with a thoroughness and a completeness, they would be allowing them to understand that through Jesus Christ they would have forgiveness. Wow, if that's not a message that needs to go out with completeness and with urgency, I don't know what message does. In Acts chapter 18 and verse 5, it says, When Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself to preaching the word, and here it is, and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Messiah. See, he let his life bear witness. His, his life was a thorough testimony that he was given testimony of, that he was testifying of in who Jesus Christ was. Boy, I tell you what, I remember uh, Kevin Brownfield years ago, he made this kind of uh, trite statement, but I've never forgot it. He says, you either have a testimony or you're a testifony. And uh, so if you really have Jesus Christ, you have a testimony. And with urgency and clarity of thought, your testimony should go forth. And we have to testify of what Jesus Christ has done in our lives. And so it's not something to be taken lightly. And so as, as Paul is in this jail and as he's ending the near of his, or nearing the end of his life, he is with all the urgency that he can, uh, proclaim to Timothy saying, you've got to take this serious, Timothy. And I have to imagine just for a moment, if it was important for Timothy to take this serious, should it not be for us to take it serious as well? Amen? Should we not have a testimony that needs to be testified of? In Acts chapter 20 and verse 21, it says this, I testify to both Jews and Greeks about repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, this is a message that has to go forth. He goes, I testified of this. As if his hand were raised and he said, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And you guys need to hear this so that you can come to the conclusion that God is good. So that you can understand that Jesus Christ is good for my life. He's giving testimony of this. And he goes on in Acts chapter 23. In verse 11, he says this. 
The following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Have courage, for as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so it is necessary for you to testify in Rome. He said, this message cannot just stop right here. It's a message that has to continue to go forward. Wow. Jesus Christ himself giving some word of encouragement. He says, have courage. I've seen you testify testify of me in Jerusalem but continue to do this in Rome. Let's look at one more in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 28. And we'll see again in verse 21. It says, Then they said to him, We haven't received any letters about you from Judea. None of the brothers has come and reported or spoken anything evil about you. But we want to hear what your views are, since we know the people everywhere are speaking against this. He said, So the word is out. Everybody's been hearing something, but what say you? And he comes down, verse 23, After arranging a day with him, many came to him at his lodging. From dawn to dusk, he expounded and testified about the kingdom of God. And he tried to, here it is, persuade them about Jesus from both the law and the Mo- of Moses and of the prophets. Why would he do that? Because he knows the power of the gospel. He knows what it is about the word of God that can change lives. And because he knows that and has experienced it, he is testifying of it and he wants other people to know about it. If the gospel has changed our lives, we ought to testify of it. And that's why he said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, he goes, I solemnly charge you I, uh, before God in Christ Jesus, who is going to judge the living and the dead, and because of his appearing in his king of his kingdom. He said, this is really important. And then one last one in 1 Timothy chapter 4, and verse 6, he says this, if you point these things out, To the brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Jesus Christ, nourished by the words of the faith and the good teaching that you have followed. Over and over, he says, this is a message that must go forward. Boy, uh, I'm convicted already. Uh, Over the last couple days, I was with a friend, and uh, on two occasions, I watched him take a, um, a tract out of his wallet just a small little business card type track, and hand it to somebody. And then over and over I'm convicted because why am I doing that? Why am I not as vocal as I used to be? Why don't I have that sense of urgency that I've had more so in the past? I'm convicted that I don't do it more. And the thing that comes to my mind is, say, oh, well, I'm busy, or um, I got this going on, I got that going on, or... You know, I think, I don't know who said it originally, but a, a, a plan not to, a, 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 to not plan is a plan to fail. So a failure to plan is a plan to fail. And so if we don't plan to have those tools with us, if we don't plan to look for circumstances and opportunities, if we don't pray for God to open doors, guess what? We won't walk through them. And Paul is reminding Timothy, you've got a message that has the ability to change hearts and lives for eternity. And how often might God use us if we had a tool in our hand, if we were able to have some courage. Even Jesus Christ says, have courage. I've seen you testify to me in Jerusalem, now continue on to Rome. We need to have courage because God says in Acts 1-8, you shall receive power after after this the Holy Ghost come upon you. You shall receive power. We have the ability, but are we taking the opportunity? I hope that this will be a year and a summer where we can do ministry with that, that is both gospel-saturated uh, and ministry-minded and mission-minded that would have an impact on eternity, right? If we would have the, the ability and the courage and the boldness to, to tell others and to proclaim to others what God has done in our lives, and if we would get excited about that and, and have with boldness the, the ability to go forward as, as Paul was encouraging Timothy to have and to do. And then he goes on in our text here in 2 Timothy chapter 4. You know, we see a clear picture of God's omnipresence. And we don't think about that often enough, I don't believe. That no matter where we go, God is there. No matter what we do, He sees us. No matter where we can be, He's there with us. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Talk about ultimate accountability. But also, also, as we think about ultimate 
encouragement, ultimate comfort. And uh, look at these verses here about God being with us. Uh, if you would, once again, I hope you have your Bibles. Turn to Psalm chapter 33. We're going to look at several verses here just for a moment. As we prepare, as we get, uh, we're really just going to look at verses 1. Uh, but we're going to get in the next weeks, verses 2 through 5. But in Psalm chapter 33, and look at verse 18. He says, but look, the Lord keeps his eye on those who fear him, those who depend on his faithful love. You say, why is that important? Well, he says there in our text in 2 Timothy chapter 4, I solemnly charge you before God and Christ Jesus. Do you realize that every time we go forward with the gospel, every time we open the word of God, he says, I charge you before God himself and before Jesus Christ. And then he reminds us in verse 18, the Lord keeps his eye on those who fear him. He's right there. In Psalm chapter 34 and verse 15, it says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are open to their cry for help. He's there with us. And what a blessing and what an encouragement to know that, 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 that He is. And that He's going before us. He's going with us. He's coming behind us. In Job chapter 34, back a few pages there, right before the book of Psalms. In Job chapter 34 and verse 21, he says, For his eyes watch over a man's ways, and he observes all his steps. Isn't that amazing? He says, I charge you before God and before Jesus Christ to do this ministry and to do it with awesomeness and urgency and constancy. And then we read in Proverbs, I'm sorry, in Job 34. This is awesome. For his eyes watch over a man's ways and he deserves all of his steps. Psalm 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. So as we are walking in fellowship with God, as we allow God to direct our steps, as we live righteously before him, he says not only does he direct our steps, but he watches over every one of our steps. He goes there with us. Isn't that awesome? And then over to the book of Proverbs, Psalms, Proverbs, chapter 5, and verse 21 says, For man's ways are before the Lord's eyes, and he considers all his paths. Everywhere he go, he's with us. And he says, Timothy, as you go forward in ministry, as we've talked in previous messages, he goes, as I hand you this baton, with all the urgency that I can muster in my mind and in my speech, with all the importance uh, of this subject, Timothy, I want you to proclaim this message. God's going to prepare your steps. He's going to be watching over you. He's going to be with you. And then look at Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 3. He says, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere, observing the wicked and the good. I love this. We talk about God's presence. We see a clear picture of his omnipresence. He's everywhere. He's always with us. No matter what we say, no matter what we do, no matter where we go, his eyes are watching over us. And as we think about that, Timothy is about to embark on another chapter of his life. His mentor will soon be gone. His coach will soon be gone. His discipler will soon be passed. And he says, in verse 2, as we're going to get into next week, preach the word. Oh, I'm excited about next week's message. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I can't hardly wait. There's so many things that God's word talks about in this word, preach. And what the ability that preaching has to accomplish in the life of the hearer. But in preparing our heart to preach, he says there's a mindset that we have to have. And the mindset is this. As though it's an appeal. Don't be too busy, Paul, or Timothy. Don't be too busy, child of God. 
Don't make excuses. Don't be forgetful. Don't just not think about it. Don't be distracted by other things that don't matter. Don't just be ungrateful for what Jesus Christ has done in your life and not worry about giving that same gift to other people. Don't, just, don't be ungrateful. Don't be lazy and not plan. If anything, it ought to remind us that we have a message. And the message has the ability to change our lives. And God's Word reminds us that if anyone be in Christ, he is a what? New creation. Old things are passed away. All things become new. And this is the ability that the gospel has to have on anyone who's willing to accept it. So I think we all have the ability and really the exhortation that Timothy received from Paul to apply to our own hearts and our own lives. If this is just a good message that was directed to Timothy only, well then what else do we have to worry about? I don't worry about it. They're going to get saved, they get saved. They're not, they're not. Oh, well, no worries. Here's the difference. We have the ability to be a part of what God is doing. We have the ability to be a part of what God came to earth to do. In sending his son, Jesus Christ, he said, I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. We have the ability to become part of something bigger than ourselves. Because life is not about me. It's never going to be about me. It's always been about Him. It's always been about the One. And that's what we need to be concerned with. The One. So, why don't we do it? I was convicted this week, watching my friend open his mouth. And I immediately, twice this week, said, Lord, help me to have boldness again. Help me not to make excuses. Help me not to look the other way and pretend I didn't or shouldn't say anything or pretend I, I shouldn't talk to them when you have given me an opportunity. God, forgive me of my disobedience of sharing my faith. I'm challenged by this. If we're going to be walking in righteousness and obedience with our Heavenly Father, Though your name may not be Timothy, you ought to receive the message. We need to hear this. Would you pray with me this morning? Maybe this morning you, afresh and anew, say, hey, Pastor Ken, that's me too. Wow. Just put your name in that verse. I solemnly charge you, Ken, I solemnly charge you, Julie. I solemnly charge you, Matt. I solemnly charge you, John. I solemnly charge you, Sarah. Put your name in there. Because it applies to us. I solemnly charge you, listener before God and Christ Jesus, who is going to judge the living and the dead. We have a message. We have hope. Are you willing to share it? Receive the message that Paul gave to Timothy. As it were a final appeal. As it were an awesome task as it were though a thorough testimony in the court of law to be complete in your message to the world because it can change their lives and their destiny. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how it's still true in our hearts and our lives this day. We, Lord, those of us that know you as our Savior, Lord, thank you that we have the hope of heaven. But Lord, I do pray that if there be one here today, Lord, that does not know you, like may today be the day of salvation for them. Lord, if they don't have the confidence that if they were to die today, that they would spend eternity in heaven. If they were to die today and not have the confidence that Jesus Christ is their Savior. If they don't have the confidence that they have a relationship with you, Lord, would you draw them to yourself this day? Might we with urgency and awesomeness, Lord, undertake this task as was exhorted to Timothy. 
Lord God, would you work in our hearts? If you're listening today and you don't know Jesus, a simple prayer of faith. My prayer can't save you, will not save you, cannot save you. But a simple childlike prayer of faith. Simply saying, Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner. I've sinned. Before a holy and righteous God, I am a sinner. I confess that. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Cleanse my heart with your shed blood. And Jesus, thank you for your love. I put my faith and trust in you. And you alone. Maybe you're here. Maybe you're listening and you've never prayed. A simple prayer of faith, similar to what I just prayed, is a, is a starting point to a relationship with Jesus Christ. I hope that you know him. I hope that you're willing to put your trust in him. And then once you do, you'll have a testimony that you too can share with someone else regarding the gift that Jesus Christ has given you. Lord God, be with all of us. May you work in our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. May I encourage you this week as you go about to pray for opportunities. Pray for God to work. Pray for God to open up doors. Pray that God would prepare your heart as one receiving the message that Timothy received from Paul. To be thorough. Because it is an awesome task. And because even though we may not be Paul in a Roman jail, we don't know when we're going to die. We don't know when Christ is going to come. But we need to be ready, having been found faithful and obedient until the end. Well, we are able to listen to the Titus family lead us in worship. And we were able to um, listen to uh, the kids sing and so forth. We were able to worship with them. We're able to worship in the Word of God, and, and then we'll have an opportunity to worship through our giving as well. And thank you so much for so many of you who've been faithful to do that over these last few weeks. Um, may God richly bless you, multiply uh, your treasure, so to speak, and uh, multiply your gift uh, as you faithfully steward what God has given to you. You have the opportunity and uh, encouragement to Give online through our website. Uh, you can go through your smartphone and the Easy Tithe app. Um, you can give through your online banking program at your own bank. You can send a check into the church. But thank you for all of you who have been so faithful during these last weeks. It's been unusual to say the least and uh, crazy as well. And uh, just thank you for being faithful in these areas. And I hope that you have a great week. I hope that you have opportunity to share the gospel that has changed your life. Have a great week. Thank you.